those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning and the second Sunday of Lent is the gospel for this day. You heard it read before, I recall just these words. Those who want to follow me must say no to the things they want, pick up their crosses, and follow me. In the name of Jesus Christ, who walked all the way to the cross for you and me, and then rose again, my beloved. How's the temperature in here this morning? You too, you too warm? You too cold? Well, um, you know, we're going to be getting a new air conditioning and heating system uh, this year, now that we have enough money, so then we'll make sure that everybody is comfortable. That's how we, we want you to be, is comfortable. And how are the pews this morning? Are they comfortable enough so you don't get a backache? And uh, how about the shoes that you recently bought for yourself that you're wearing this morning? Are they comfortable? It's amazing how all of us are so very concerned about being comfortable. We're not satisfied until we have comfortable furniture in our living rooms, comfortable mattresses on our beds, comfortable carpeting under our feet, comfortable clothing on our bodies. Nobody likes to be uncomfortable. And so I hope that you're not going to be too disturbed this morning when I tell you that um, following Jesus is uncomfortable. Christianity is uncomfortable. So that his disciples might know, and us, might know what they were getting themselves into, Jesus told them. He told them about the requirements and about the results of following Jesus. And right from the outset, once again, we can say that following Jesus is not comfortable. Now, the directions given to us by our Savior this morning were given in a response to some misguided counseling that Jesus received from one of his disciples, Peter. Now, nobody could ever confuse Jesus' commentary as to why he came to this earth. In fact, our message, for, our gospel for this morning says, he told them very clearly what he meant. Now, in the very first part of the gospel for this morning, Jesus asked his disciples a question. He says, who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some people say you're Elijah, come back from the dead. Sometimes you, some people say you're John the baptizer, come back from the dead. And some people say you're one of the prophets. And then Jesus turned to them and he said, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter replied with such confidence, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That's his complete statement. We get it from other Gospels. And then Jesus said, the Son of Man would have to suffer a lot. 
He taught them that he would be rejected by the leaders, the chief priests, and the experts in Moses' teachings. He would be killed. But after three days, he would come back to life. Now, apparently, St. Peter only heard the first part of that statement, but not the second. Because it seems like he was very, uh, had a very straight understanding confession. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But he had a warped understanding about Jesus' work. And so when Jesus said that he would be killed, and after three days rise again, immediately Peter took him aside. He objected to this. I wonder what Peter said. Maybe he said, Lord, you're not going to suffer anything because if any suffering comes on you, we're going to fight for you. We'll be your army. Or maybe he told Jesus, Jesus, you don't really have to worry about any suffering because, you know, look at all the miracles you did. You know, you could just zap them with, with lightning. No, you're not going to suffer. He didn't want Jesus to be uncomfortable. Jesus' response, Get out of my way, Satan. With harsh words, Jesus scolded Peter. Peter for trying to deter him for accomplishing what he came to do, to suffer and to die. He was not coming to earth to overcome the tyranny of the Roman occupying government. It was God's plan to have him suffer pain and torture and punishment for all of humanity's sin, and anybody trying to deter or abort that mission was a worker of Satan. It was not God's plan to set up a comfortable palace in Palestine to, over, to, uh, to, to uh, start a new kingdom there. It was God's plan to have his son pierced and crucified so that we might be removed from the tyranny of the devil. And so after scolding Peter, he turned to the rest of the disciples and he instructed them regarding the directions for following him. Now this morning, Jesus, again in no uncertain terms, lets us know that his life meant suffering and discomfort. And we who follow him, can we expect anything less? It will be uncomfortable to follow Christ. First of all, I think it's kind of interesting how Jesus starts out. He says, those who want to follow me must say no to the things they want and pick up their crosses and follow me. Those who want to follow me. Do you notice in Jesus' army there are no draftees? Only volunteers. Jesus doesn't pull his sheep along with a rope. Jesus doesn't force anyone to do anything. Jesus simply wants us to follow him out of love and devotion and thankfulness for all the gifts that he's given to us. And if you are willing, by a God-given faith, to follow Jesus, be it known that it's not going to be a bed of roses. Jesus is going to, is, uh, tells us that, uh, that uh, when he came into this world, he forgot all about his own comforts in order to save us. I mean, just such selfless love, the humiliation, the, the, the scourged back, the, the blood and the spit running down his face when he was standing in front of Pontius Pilate. He denied himself 
all the comforts of heaven. And out of love for our Lord Jesus Christ, we desire to serve him, but it is not going to be comfortable. And that's why Jesus goes on and he says, those who want to follow me, you must say no to the things that you want. Or in the other translations, you're going to have to deny yourself. I don't think there's any better epitome of somebody denying themselves than a mother with small children, maybe even a newborn baby. Look how have to, they have to give up things that they want. They can't necessarily take a shower when they want to if the baby's crying. They can't necessarily eat when they want to. Sometimes they can't even get very much sleep at night because the baby's crying. They can't get what they want. They have to give it up and deny themselves. To follow Jesus, you have to give something up and not just for Lent. He wants us to hurt our selfish and sinful nature not feeding our inbred sinful inclination and trying to fight against our sinful Adam is going to be painful because it's a part of us. But our Lord Jesus, if we follow him, he wants us to give up certain things that we want, that we're naturally inclined to do, like going to those dark places on the internet. And when he says he wants us to give these things up, not just for Lent, but for all of life. What might you be able to give up if you haven't done so, so far? How about some of your electronic devices? So that you have some time to spend with your appointment with Jesus. Make an appointment with Jesus. Remember this? Ink it into your daily calendar. Choose a slot in which you will have about 20 minutes? What can you give up in your life so that you could spend 20 minutes with Jesus? Forestall interruptions. Unplug the phone and the cell phone and all the electronics. Close your office door. Do whatever you need to get alone with the Lord. Not only does our Lord ask us to stop doing certain things, but he also asks us to start doing other things. He says, I want you to pick up your cross and follow me. Now, as far as I know, we haven't seen any crucifixions here in the United States. But the disciples knew exactly what crucifixion was all about. They could understand what Jesus was saying. A convicted criminal of 2,000 years ago, after his execution, he had to carry his cross to the crucifixion. And carrying that cross, if we'd call it uncomfortable, that's an understatement. Jesus requires us to carry a cross. After Jesus' ascension into heaven, his followers, his believers, carried many crosses. They had to suffer persecution and all sorts of bad things because they went on to confess that they believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of the living God. And that's our commission today, too. And it ain't gonna be comfortable. This is the kind of world that we have to carry the cross out into. Did you read it in, in uh, this weekend's paper? That this atheist group got, got a, a big gift, a big grant of $82,000? The Freedom From Religion Foundation is among several national organizations of atheists, agnostics, free thinkers, and others that say they are growing as millennials and their successors move away from organized religion 
and non-believers find it more socially acceptable to declare their lack of faith in a God. That's the kind of world that Jesus is saying you take my cross to. Now, do you realize it's pretty comfortable here on a Sunday morning for us to sit here and say, you know what we believe in? We believe in the sanctity of life. And that a human being becomes a human being with both body and soul right away at conception. And we believe in the dignity of marriage. One man, one woman only for all of life. And without marriage, only celibacy. We believe in a six-day creation. We believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life. Boy, it's easy to say that in here, isn't it? But not, not so easy out there. Try saying it in a public university classroom. Try being a politician on a campaign trail trying to say those things. Try saying it to some of your non-Christian friends at work. You know what the world says to us. You're naive, you're foolish, you're childless, and you're downright stupid. And that's only as bad as it gets here in the United States. Go to some other country and it gets worse. How about taking these thoughts over to Syria or Egypt or Iraq or Iran and see how far you get? We are called to carry the cross for Jesus Christ and it's not going to be comfortable but that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. To deny yourself and, as difficult as it is, continue to follow Him. Now, the second half of the section from Scripture before us this morning talks about the results of following Christ or not following Christ. And very simply, it says this, that those who choose to be physically comfortable here in time will be spiritually uncomfortable for all eternity. Whereas if you are uncomfortable for Jesus here in time, we will experience eternal comforts of our heavenly home. Jesus says, For those who want to save their lives will lose them, but those who lose their lives for me and for the good news will save them. What good does it do for people to win the whole world and yet lose their lives, their spiritual life? Jesus says that, if, a, that there's, if there's a life that's lived only for material comforts, making a God out of this world, that soul will be lost in hell. But a life lived out of love and service and dedication to Jesus will be rewarded with eternal life in heaven. Or like Jesus said, what good does it do for people to win the whole world but lose their lives, their spiritual life? But how tempted we are every day of our lives to try to find lasting security among the things of God's creation. I mean, we're tempted every day to think that if we have good job security, a good paycheck, a nice car, a beautiful home, fine home furnishings, and all of our tuition loans, student loans paid off, that's the ultimate that life can offer. But our Lord tells us that the Creator not his creation is to be worshipped. I mean, did you ever think about it? How much, how, uh, what's the value going to be of a Lexus or a Cadillac or winning the lottery of a million dollars or a mansion when Jesus returns in the clouds with his heavenly angels? What good will the comforts of air conditioning, a backyard swimming pool, and a jacuzzi do for us on Judgment Day? 
If we haven't been uncomfortable because of our love for Jesus, heaven could be lost. And we go around, and I don't care if you go into Sam's Club or Walmart, we're living in a sort of department store society. You go in and you see all this stuff, man, I wish I could have all this stuff. As though that's the ultimate goal. But for us Christians, we have a different kind of goal, a heavenly mansion above. And it will be uncomfortable for us to continue to carry our cross, and it will be uncomfortable for us to carry the cross to reach others with the message of Jesus Christ. But then again, that's what following Jesus is all about. So we hope that the temperature here in church this morning was just right. And if it isn't, look forward to a new heating and air conditioning system. And we hope that the pews that you're sitting in are quite comfortable. But I hope, finally, that this message has served to make us all uncomfortable and that we will continue to be uncomfortable for Christ. As he says, those who want to follow me must say no to the things they want and pick up their crosses and follow me. And God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.